Ladies and gentlemen, the following podcast is set for one episode. Your host from Columbus, Ohio, is Michael Kirk. Welcome to the Outlaw Mudcast. Hello and welcome to the Outlaw Mudcast, your digital audio dirt sheet for all things super show. As I record this, Origins 2022 is in the books. The five days of gaming in Columbus, Ohio have concluded. I was there live on site covering it as much as I could. Let me go through everything as close to chronological order as I can. That happened for Super Show the Game for SRG Universe at Origins Game Fair. We'll start off Wednesday. The convention opens at noon on Wednesday. And immediately, people are hitting the SRG booth. The new product releases on-site Wednesday. On the website, it came out Thursday. But the new product went on sale on-site Wednesday. From what I saw on the website, and I did look at the website, the product on the website and the product at Origins is the same product. There was no convention-exclusive product. I thought the new Alien Invader would be con-exclusive, but as far as I know from what I saw, it's also available on the website. So there's nothing that was at the convention, with one exception that just occurred to me, that you could not also buy on the website. The one exception is this. Anastasia Morningstar. While you can buy her full competitor set. On SuperShowTheGame.com. The competitor set that was available at Origins. Had two versions of the competitor card. A horizontal art competitor. And a vertical art competitor. Per the picture on the website. Only the horizontal art competitor is shown. I don't know if the vertical is also going to be packed in there. But I believe that may be con-exclusive. Otherwise, that was the only con-exclusive thing I could think of. Everything else that was on sale at Origins was on sale and is on sale. Last I checked on SuperShowTheGame.com. There were a couple of product hiccups. A couple of the cards in the bundles were missing those were delivered later wednesday night so hopefully everyone who bought their bundle wednesday got that taken care of there were three cards missing but those replacements arrived wednesday as well two main events wednesday there was an opening event that had i believe 17 players the promise was that the top four in this event would have alternate art cards made commemorating their placement in the top four. Players were essentially eliminated. Once they hit two losses, you just played matches. When you got to your second loss, you were done. After an initial period of play, there was a cut to a top eight. The top eight in this event were a new player named Kalen, Hold the Line Harry, Luchacris, Kirk Polka, Caveman, making his return to a Midwest convention. He was at Gen Con a few years ago. He recently remade his Super Show debut. Le Penguin, Bob Dunn, and yours truly, the host of the Outlaw Mudcast, round out the top eight in this opening event. The top four in the event, Le Penguin, Kirk Polka, New player, Kalen, and the host of the Outlaw Mudcast, yours truly, me. And the finalists here were Kirk Polka and Michael Kirk. I make the finals of the first event of Origins 2022. I'm playing as Theo the Greek Neo. Kirk Polka is playing as Najamai. The only match with a stipulation, this match, is played under New York rules. No countouts, no disqualification. Crowd meter starts at 1. And the winner at Crowd Meter 1, Michael Kirk. I win the opening event of Origins Game Fair 2022. 
Very happy to have won my first major convention event. To me, this is an Origins event. I know the boss was saying things that happened on Wednesday of the pre-show. That's nonsense. Wednesday is just as much of a part of Origins as Sunday. I'd actually say it's more so because it is a longer day than Sunday. But I win the opening event of Origins. As a result, I will be on an alternate art card with Kirk Polka. And the third and fourth place players, so the new gentleman, Kalen, and Le Penguin will be on an alternate art card. I don't know if the four of us are going to be on an additional alternate art card. But those were the prizes. Second event, Wednesday. 24 players in a tournament to crown a contender for the United States Championship. There were six pods of four players. Each person played the other three in the pod, and then they cut to a top six. Three matches in the semifinals. Jeremy Steigerwald versus myself. Keith Overby versus Tom Scott. And... John Taylor versus Chris Savoy. The finalists end up being Chris Savoy playing as Mercury versus Jeremy Steigerwald playing as Amazing Red versus Keith Overby playing as the new face of chaos. It's a triple threat final for a shot at the United States Championship and at Crowd Meter 1, the winner and new number one contender, Keith Overby. Congratulations to Keith Overby for winning the first contendership tournament of the convention. Honorable mention to Chris Savoy, the owner of House Rules Gaming in Kissimmee, Florida. He makes the finals playing Mercury out of the box. He buys a Cosmic Crusader box set with Mercury and plays that deck and makes the finals of the tournament. We also have, on Wednesday, the first defense of the Deep Six Championship. The champion coming in, the judge Tim Riley, playing his big match Pete, is challenged by Bob Dunn playing as the Witch's Apprentice. Deep Six Championship matches, as a reminder, are the six-stop stipulation. Each player can only have six stop cards in their deck. The winner here at CrowdMeter 1, still champion, the judge Tim Riley. Tim Riley survives his first, and there will be multiple challenges for the Deep Six Championship. That was Wednesday. Thursday, we have a match for the ACCW Championship. The challenger, hold the line Harry, playing as the Cyclone. The champion, Johnny Correa, playing as Haley Stevens. I don't have any information on this besides the winner, new champion, hold the line Harry. Congratulations there. The afternoon of Thursday, we have the first of the three event series. In each one of these events in the series, you earn points. And then if you have the most points at the end of the series, you will receive a Master of Ceremonies card from the general manager. And the general manager, John Clace, has promised, he has promised that he will negotiate with the winner for what cashing in that Master of Ceremonies card will get you. In this first event, Players played five bullet rounds effectively. They earned one point per win. Afterwards, regardless of your record, you were put into a triple threat match. The winner of the triple threat match earned an additional two points. So you could earn from zero to seven points in this event. That was the first event. There's not a winner because the event didn't run like that. There was a deep South Championship match that same day. The champion, Piglet, with Krampus. The challenger, Bob Dunn, 
using Big Bad Bobby D. At crowd meter zero, Big Bad Bobby D, Bob Dunn wins. He's the new Deep South champion. Congratulations to him. It's also announced that the number one contender for the Deep South Championship will be the highest placing eligible player in Thursday night's Underworld Tournament. I will also note at this time that after this match, Bob Dunn, the founder of the now defunct Think Tank faction, announced that the Think Tank is returning. I have no other details besides that. Thursday is also the day that Anastasia Morningstar and Young, Dumb, and Broke arrive. They're there signing autographs, meeting fans, and playing in the events. There is a triad championship match Thursday. The champion, Kirk Polka, playing as Kenta, takes on two challengers. These were different challengers than the ones previously announced. Before, it was going to be Young Allergy and Le Penguin. Those challengers were replaced with the understanding, as far as I'm aware, that they will get a shot again in the future. The challengers on site were the Alien Invader, playing as his new competitor set, and Caveman, playing as Caveman. Caveman made the choice to copy nobody's gimmick in the triad match, so Caveman effectively playing with only the part of his gimmick that makes his card headbutt unstoppable. This match goes to crowd meter one. I wasn't able to stay and watch it until the end. I don't recall right now why that was the case, but the match finishes up with the winner and new champion, Alien Invader. Alien Invader now holds the Triad Championship. That brings us to the Underworld Tournament. There were about 40 players in the Underworld Tournament. In the opening rounds, players had two hours to complete up to five matches. After that, they cut to, I believe, a top 12. There were two 5 and O's, James Booker and Bob Dunn. The remaining 4-1s and three three and two players were randomly put in. So four and ones automatically got in. Three and twos were chosen at random. The decision was made to put the 12 players into two birdcage matches. James Booker in one. Bob Dunn in the other because they were the two undefeateds. The last entrance. And they played until each match had one man remaining. Those were the finalists. The finalists in the tournament end up being John Pulverino playing as Scarlet Graves and Jeremy Steigerwald playing as Dizzy Derail. The Underworld Champion makes the finals of the Underworld Tournament where the winner, it had been announced, the winner will be the next contender for the championship. And at crowd meter four, the winner ends up being John Pulverino with Scarlet Graves. John Pulverino wins the number one contendership for the championship he already has. What does that mean? We'll get to that later because there is an Underworld Championship match this weekend. That concludes the Thursday events. Friday, there is a defense of the Hardcore Championship. Chris Pate, the Hardcore Champion with Big Bad Bobby D, is challenged by James Booker playing as El Super Ombre, an original SRG competitor, one of the first. They face off in a Psycho Circus match. The match goes to crowd meter one, and the winner, new champion, James Booker. Congratulations to James Booker for winning the Hardcore Championship. This now puts impact with three championship belts at the convention. The Underworld, the Triad, and the Hardcore. So Impact looking good Friday as the convention rolls on. The second of the three-event series event takes place that afternoon. 
The event is run slightly differently than the first. The first event was run by Loudmouth Leo, who was running in the stead of the general manager, John Clays, because he did not arrive until Thursday night. The general manager is running on Friday. Each player plays five matches again. You did have a time limit to get your five matches in. If you did not start your fifth match within the time limit, then you just didn't get it. If you didn't start your fourth match within the time limit, basically they paired you up to a certain time, and then that was your cutoff maximum five matches, one point per win, and then after you were done with your matches or time expired, the general manager put you in one more match. If you won that match, you earned an additional two points. So again, between zero and seven points possible in the second series event. We then have a couple more championship matches. The tag team championship is defended. Young, dumb, and broke on site are challenged by the Dangerous Alliance. Jordan Oliver and Ellis Taylor, the champions going into the match, decide to switch competitors. They end up playing their own competitors. So Jordan Oliver is Jordan Oliver, Ellis Taylor as Ellis Taylor. Chris Pate and Sean Loeb, the Dangerous Alliance, play as Big Bad Bobby D and Combat Chris, respectively. This match goes to Crowd Meter 1 with the winners and new champions, the Dangerous Alliance. I will mention this because there was a little bit of controversy in this match at Crowd Meter 0. I believe it was Chris Pate hits a finish, rolls his die. Ends up rolling a five. Jordan Oliver declares that he wanted to stop it, bury his hand to essentially save his partner. Which, once it's known that the finish rolls a five, stopping is no longer necessary. But Jordan Oliver ends up stopping in any way. Seems like a, a bad break, not understanding the situation. But that happened in the match, and that may have led to the Dangerous Alliance ultimately winning. I missed this match. I, unfortunately, was not on site when this match happened, so I didn't get to see what happened. I just had to find out after the fact. I apologize that I could not give you more than what was relayed to me by people who were there and witnessed what took place. There was an Underworld Championship match. John Polverino, the Underworld Champion with John Press 1P, faced off against the challenger, the trash man playing as the trash man. I misspoke on last week's episode. I thought the trash man won the right to challenge for the Midwest Coast Championship. It was actually the Underworld Championship, and I apologize for that. No stipulation in this match. It goes to Crowdmere 3. The winner, still Underworld Champion. John Pulverino. Congratulations to him. Friday night, we have the Tag Team Tournament. Again, there's a time limit to get the preliminary rounds done. You had to play up to four matches during that time. And when the time limit was hit, if you had been placed into a match, if you had been paired up into a match because these were done bullet style, you completed your match. If you hadn't gotten all four in, the time hits. Your last match that you complete is the last match you do. There were play-in games once the timeline had been reached and the records had been figured out to advance some of the three win teams into the top cut. And once those were done, there was a top eight cut. I don't have any quarterfinal results for you. The semifinal matchups were Mop Boys, Piglet and Johnny Korea versus Loud and Grumpy, Loudmouth, Leo Larynx, and the Grump, Danny Thunder. That's the first semifinal matchup. At Crowdmere 3, the Mop Boys take that match and they move on to the finals. The other semifinal matchup, the Animal Kingdom, the Penguin and the Cheetah, versus Practicite and Hold the Line Harry. I don't recall what the name of that second tag team is. I apologize for that. 
But at crowd meter five, the Animal Kingdom take the match. They move on to the finals. So we have Animal Kingdom versus Mop Boys. In the Animal Kingdom, the Cheetah is playing as Captain CJ Spara. The Penguin is playing as Scarlet Graves. For the Mop Boys, Piglet is playing as Aerial Lipstick. Johnny Korea is playing as Witch Hunter General. This is a great team. I faced this team in the tag team finals of the first ever PAX Unplugged tournament, which they ended up winning. Joseph Ritchie and his, I believe, now wife won that tournament, became the first ever PAX Unplugged tag team champions. This match goes to Crowdmere 3. It's a great match. The Mott Boys are having a great Origins. They're putting on a great show. In the end, at Crowdmere 3, the winners here end up being Animal Kingdom. The Cheetah and the Penguin are the new number one contenders for the LFF Tag Team Championship. Congratulations to them for that win. This is the second of the three major championship tournaments that has been won by Scarlet Graves. Polverino won with Scarlet Graves on Thursday. The Penguin wins with Scarlet Graves on Friday. I realized while I was editing this that I forgot to talk about the guests. So let me talk about the guests a little bit more. I mentioned Anastasia Morningstar being there, I believe, pretty early Thursday morning. It was there Thursday and Friday all day. Young Dumb and Broke arrived somewhat late on Thursday, but were there the remainder of Thursday, and then they were there Friday night. Both of those guests, when I say both, I mean both Anastasia Morningstar and Young Dumb and Broke left on Friday night. Young Dumb and Broke, of course, is a... I believe there's four members of Young Dumb and Broke, but only three are in the game. Jordan Oliver, Charlie Tiger, and Ellis Taylor. We also had a guest arrive Friday afternoon. That was Jessica Havoc. And Jessica Havoc brought with her a relative newcomer to Impact Wrestling, Gia Miller. That was a surprise. Nobody knew Gia Miller was going to be there. But she ended up coming with Jessica Havoc and signing autographs as well. Neither of them played. Neither Jessica Havoc nor Gia Miller played. But they were there signing autographs, interacting with the players that were there, and then they left. I also wanted to bring up, because I did not mention this in the show, I've said triple threat match a few times. Triad matches. Those are matches featuring one player versus one player versus one player. Used to be called triple threats, and I actually prefer that name. Triple threat feels more natural to me than triad. But when I'm saying triple threat, I mean triad. The other thing I wanted to mention is I did not describe bullet rounds. A bullet round in Super Show is this. At the start of the tournament, the organizer matches up all the pairs. When you finish your first match, you and your opponent report to the tournament organizer, declare who won, who lost, and then pretty much as soon as possible, give or take, the tournament organizer puts you into another match immediately. It's not like a Swiss tournament where everybody plays the match in the first round. The round ends, then a new round starts. Everyone plays their second round match. When those are done, everyone goes in the third. No, it's first match done, report in, get thrown into the second match done. So you can have some players who finish every match in a round and some who've done maybe one or two matches in the round. It just varies. That's what a bullet round is. This brings us to Saturday. The notable matches on Saturday. There's a number one contender match for the Deep South Championship. Jeremy Steigerwald playing as Dizzy Derail versus Prince Butters playing as Jordan Oliver. At crowd meter three, Jeremy Steigerwald takes it. He's the new number one contender Saturday for the Deep South Championship. The last tournament in the series of the three event series, which is also 
the Play Pure Championship tournament takes place. Again, this is another tournament where you have to play a certain number of matches. It's either five or six. I don't recall off the top of my head. Within a certain time limit, same conditions as you know, everything up till then. Then they have a top cut. In the first round of the top cut, every player is given the ability to use the entrance card Dragon Song for Abigail. Not only can you use that card, but whenever the crowd meter changes, if you used it in the previous crowd meter, you can use it again. So you can use the card once per crowd meter, which to me means I would use that thing the first time I was eligible to because it will reset when the crowd meter goes up. I think that would be the smart play using that entrance. But that's the stipulation in the top cut once the top cut takes place. By the way, there were 12 players in the opening round of the top cut. In the next round of the top cut, we have a top six round. In the top six round, there's a special guest referee in each match. The dweeb is the special guest referee in each match. Players can use the dweeb's gimmick in addition to their own. This brings us to the finals. It's a triple threat finals. Hold the line, Harry. Playing as Derek Neal, one of the New South Pro Wrestling competitor sets, versus John Pulverino, playing as Candyman Dan, versus Bob Dunn, playing as Flyboy. This match goes to Crowdmere 3. Special note there's a moment in the match where I believe Bob Dunn hits a finish. After two attempts at save rolls, Hold the line, Harry is unable to kick out. John Pulverino decides he doesn't want to make the third save roll, which would give Bob Dunn the win. Bob Dunn essentially tells Pulverino, make the save roll. He eventually does. The save roll is successful. The match continues. It goes all the way to Crowdmere 3. Once again, Bob Dunn hits a finish, and Bob Dunn wins. He becomes the Play Pure champion. In addition, going into this match in the points race, John Pulverino was in first place. Bob Dunn was in second place. Two points separated them. As a result of winning the match, Bob Dunn earns three points and by one point wins the series event. He receives a Master of Ceremonies card. I will say that on Sunday, the negotiations took place. I watched them. I still don't understand what happened. I know that Bob Dunn is looking for a World Heavyweight Championship shot with the Master of Ceremonies card. Any stipulation, I believe, was what he offered, that the general manager could pick any stipulation he wanted. I don't know if that's true. I don't know what was decided, but I did watch the negotiation take place. Very odd negotiation from what I can understand, from what I observed. That's the end of the series events couple of more featured matches. The first one, long-awaited, Eddie Fury defends the LFF World Heavyweight Championship. Eddie Fury plays as himself. He takes on challenger Johnny Korea. Johnny Korea won the general manager's online number one contender tournament. I believe he defeated Mark Perry in that. I could be wrong. I apologize if I am, but he ends up winning the number one contender tournament, so he faces Eddie Fury for the championship. And it's a great match. It's a great match. Johnny Korea does very well early on, puts Eddie Fury on the ropes quite a few times. The match ends up going all the way to crowd meter four. In the end, though, the champion retains. Eddie Fury remains the LFF World Heavyweight Champion, hats off to him, but hats off to Johnny Korea and the Mott Boys putting on great shows. They also revealed this weekend that they had joined the Dangerous Wool Order. So they were accompanied to many of the matches by both the Dangerous Alliance and Kirk Polka. 
just big news for the Mott Boys. The Mott Boys are looking up. Potential Rookies of the Year, both Piglets and Johnny Korea. One more featured match before the big tournament. The Faction Wars Captains match. We're in the final stage of Faction Wars 3. The Grump, playing for the higher class, takes on Press1P, playing for Impact. Press1P is high water in the match. The Grump is Amazing Red. The winner of the match earns two points for their faction. It is randomly determined to be a submission match. I don't have crowd being information, but I can tell you the winner, the higher class, the Grump, takes it for his faction, giving his faction two points in the finals series. That brings us to the World Heavyweight Championship Tournament. Six bullet rounds. And then a top cut. Diversity is a factor, meaning if multiple players are playing the same competitor and they would effectively make the top cut. If they have the same record, they have to face each other. The winner goes on to the top cut. If their records were different, the higher record goes on. That's diversity. There are also some play-in matches. Everyone with four wins or more made the top cut. And that brings us into the top cut. In the first round of the top cut, there were no stipulation matches. The second round of the top cut, we end up with 14 players, 7 matches. I'll give you the matchups with the stipulations. We had Kirk Polka face Hold the Line Harry in a steel cage match, with Polka taking the win. The second match, we have Press1P versus a new player, or at least a player that I have not seen too often, Ricardo Correa, in a Ring of Fire match. Press1P takes that. We see Johnny Correa versus Loudmouth Leo Larynx. No stipulation there. Johnny Correa wins. Alec Ventresca versus Brad Iyer in a Steel Chain match. Brad Iyer wins there. Fireball versus Matt Nealon. No stipulation match. Matt Nealon wins. Shane Strickland. Versus Piglet in a steel cage match. Shane Strickland wins. And the Cannoli versus Colin the Chrononaut. Also in a no stipulation match with the Chrononaut going on to the next round. So seven players make it to the next round. Johnny Korea randomly earns the bye. Giving us the following matchups in this round. Kirk Polka versus Colin the Chrononaut in a steel cage match. Brad Iyer versus Shane Strickland in a standard singles match, and John Polverino versus Matt Nealon in a standard singles match. Kirk Polka, Brad Iyer, and Matt Nealon advance. And so in the semi-final round, we have Johnny Korea playing as Gold Standard versus Kirk Polka playing as Najamai, and Brad Iyer playing as Numero Uno Versus Matt Nealon playing as the Devil's Advocate, Dan Williams. All these matches, Liger's Den matches. The result, we see Johnny Korea playing as Gold Standard. Take on Matt Nealon playing as the Devil's Advocate, Dan Williams. In the finals, Johnny Korea and the Mott Boys once again in a huge featured match. Back-to-back tournament finals. Friday and Saturday night. Big weekend for the Mott Boys. Main event match goes to Crowd Meter 2. Again, I'd say a good match. The winner here becoming the next number one contender for the World Heavyweight Championship. Matt Nealon, the headband champion, Matt Pineapple, is the next person to face Eddie Fury. Date and time to be announced for the World Heavyweight Championship. There were also some featured matches that were going on while this tournament was taking place. Let me give you some of those. The Intergalactic Championship was on the line. This is a weird one because from what I understand, Yasmin is the champion. But because of the timeline split, there's multiple belts. But let me give you the results as best I can. 
The first match we see split the champion with CJ Spara take on Lucha Chris, the challenger, with the American Nightmare King. The Nightmare King's set debuts at Origins Game Fair. Lucha Chris plays it, and he definitely referred to him, to me, as the American Nightmare King. That's why I'm calling him the American Nightmare King as I report this. This match goes to Crowdmere 3. The winner here, new champion, Lucha Chris. Lucha Chris also defends during the Underworld Tournament. He continues to play as the Nightmare King. For some reason, where normally you have to use different competitors each time you defend, and each challenger has to be different, you can't be repeat competitors used. Somehow, in this wonky timeline, you could. So, Lucha Chris, as the Nightmare King, defends against Tom Scott playing as Alien Invader, the new one. This match goes to Crowdmeter 2 with the winner and new champion, Tom Scott. Congratulations to him for winning the Intergalactic Championship. I also, at this point, found out, and I had missed all of these, there had been a number of Deep Six Championship defenses. Let me give you those. I learned at this point that Tim Riley, the judge, had played against the Grump using the face and won. He'd played against Brock Carson using Public Enemy number one and he'd won. And then I watched him have a match against Hold Line Harry playing as Cronus. This match doesn't get past Crowd Meter Zero. The winner here, the judge, Tim Riley. And that is the last defense for Tim Riley. The last featured match that I have for Saturday is the Underworld Championship is on the line. John Pulverino, as I mentioned earlier, won the Underworld Championship tournament. And so he became the number one contender, so to speak, with Scarlet Graves. It was decided that he would have to defend his championship against an opponent who would be using Scarlet Graves. That opponent ends up being Kirk Polka. Kirk Polka, former long-running Underworld champion, gets a chance to become a two-time, the first ever two-time Underworld champion if he can win this match. So Polka as Scarlet Graves versus John Pulverino's Press 1P. Great match goes to Crowd Meter 1. Some great deck tech from Kirk Polka in the match. And in the end, Kirk Polka, I believe, with the Frog Splash, wins the Underworld Championship. He becomes a two-time Underworld Champion, the first ever. John Pulverino Impact loses their first championship of the weekend. That brings us to Sunday. Sunday, the Deep South Championship is on the line. Bob Dunn, playing his big bad Bobby D, ends up facing off against Brian Lee as Danny Limelight. Johnny Korea himself gets a shot. I was under the impression that Jeremy Steigerwald won. I don't know why they decided to leapfrog Johnny Korea, but they did. But Johnny Korea takes on Bob Dunn. It's hard to argue. Mott Boy's great showing this weekend. This match only gets as far as crowd meter zero. Bob Dunn retains. He's still the Deep South champion. Eddie Fury defends for a second time this weekend. Eddie Fury, playing as Eddie Fury, takes on Practicite, the 2021 Origins winner, playing as Practicite. This match goes to crowd meter zero, and Eddie Fury ends up retaining. He's still World Heavyweight Champion. He and Judge Tim Riley are the only two champions that come into Origins as champion and leave as champion. It was also at this point that I learned about the Midwest Coast Championship. I reported last week that Oracle had played Jim Bias, put multiple championships on the line. Jim Bias won. Apparently, the various general managers in charge of those championships were not happy and there was some sort of, you know, stripping removal of the championships, including the Midwest Coast Championship. Saturday night, while Johnny Korea and Matt Nealon were battling 
for the World Heavyweight Championship Tournament victory. Mark Perry and Brad Iyer squared off to be number one contenders for the Midwest Coast Championship. Brad Iyer took the win with numero uno. And as a result, they just decided to give him the Midwest Coast Championship. So he is the current Midwest Coast Champion. I don't understand everything that's going on with that. It's a very confusing thing, but Brad Iyer is now the Midwest Coast Champion. There were two LFF tournaments that took place simultaneously on Sunday. The Tornado Tag Team Tournament and the Trios Tournament. Both tournaments, I believe, earned the winner a shot at the respective championships. I'll talk about the trios first. Only six people entered the trios tournament. It ends up being a double elimination tournament. The finalists, when it's all said and done, are Jeremy Steigerwald playing as the family and Kirk Polka playing as the My Girls trio. This is a very short match, and I believe only about seven turns. And it still ends up going to crowd meter two, but very short. And Kirk Polka becomes the number one contender for the Trios Championship. So the Underworld Champion is in line for a second belt, the Trios Championship. I don't know if they'll wait for him to lose the Underworld to honor that or if he can potentially become a double champion. We'll just have to see. The other tournament, many, many more players. Five bullet rounds with a two-hour time limit to complete them. Once those rounds were completed... There was a cut to a top eight in the semifinals. We saw Tom Scott take on Chris Pate. Tom Scott is the gold standard. Chris Pate is the dangerous alliance. And we saw Sean Loeb as the fashion popos take on Mark Perry as Vegas Invaders. The first match, Mr. Scott versus Mr. Pate, goes to crowd meter one with Mr. Pate taking it. And the second match, Sean Loeb versus Mark Perry, goes to Crowdmere 3 with Mark Perry taking it. We almost had an all-dangerous alliance final, but that was not to be. Instead, we get Chris Pate as Dangerous Alliance versus Mark Perry as Vegas Invaders in a rare stipulation match. The Ring of Fire stipulation. This ends up going to crowd meter one. It's a stipulation that favors the Vegas Invaders. And the winner at crowd meter one ends up being Chris Pate with Dangerous Alliance. Dangerous Alliance and Chris Pate, a pair that has held the Tornado Tag Team Championship before, gets a shot to maybe become Tornado Tag Team Champion once again. That's where we are right now with the LFF. Tornado Tag Team Championship. Congratulations to him. Congratulations to all of the winners for winning this week. Two more featured matches I have to give you. The Intergalactic Championship gets put on the line twice. In the first match, which I did not see, Tom Scott with Alien Invader defends against John Taylor with Night Terror. Tom Scott wins. The second match, I did get to see a lot of it. Tom Scott, using Kenny Omega in the defense, takes on Prince Butters using Copycat. This match goes to crowd meter two. Butters uses a Thoreau's cornbed from the crowd spectacle late to prevent Tom Scott from recurring a finish, and that pays off for him. He wins. Prince Butters becomes the new intergalactic champion that does it for origins that is the whole recap of everything that happened super show the game wise at origins game fair other things i'll talk about about origins game fair briefly before i move on to other news i got to play sprites which is a game that srg universe is publishing and they've been working on that for a while. Sprites made its debut for sale at Origins and sold out. As of Saturday, when Saturday closed, there were no more copies of Sprites available. 
They sold through the product completely. Congratulations to them for selling through all of the copies of Sprites. I got to play it. I liked it. I enjoyed it quite a bit. There's also a game that they're going to be launching a Kickstarter for that Sprites Entertainment is putting out, also in partnership with SRG Universe. It's called Burnt. It is a cooking-themed game involving you making dishes. It's a timer-based game. You're using multiple hourglasses. It is very fast-paced play. I really enjoyed Burnt. I'm looking forward to Burnt coming out. Sprites was a good game. I enjoyed playing Sprites. It's very strategy-heavy. There's quite a bit of thinking involved. With uh, Burnt, it's very much in the moment. It's a dice-rolling game that has multiple elements going on. You kind of have to be paying attention to multiple things. And if you're not on top of things, they can go badly for you. But Burnt is a great game. I'm actually very pleased with the demo I did for Burnt. They had Burnt out early Thursday, and then they pulled it and just focused on sprites. But once they sold out of sprites, they put Burnt back out to be demoed, and I had a lot of fun playing Burnt. Burnt's a great game. Sprites is good, too. I liked playing sprites. I played sprites two or three times during the weekend. Burnt is a really good game. So congratulations to SRG Universe for both the games they're putting out with Sprites Entertainment. I think they're both really going to be good games. I was not able to get my hands on a copy of Sprites. I may try to do that in the future. Don't know when those will get restocked. But Burnt's going to be launching a Kickstarter. I would recommend looking out for Burnt. Burnt is a great game. Other news from this week. The 2021 Create a Competitor Competition, there's been no change from the news I reported last week. I spoke with Pat Mulligan briefly about it. The vote totals have not yet been calculated, so we'll get the official vote total, hopefully, on next episode of Talk of the Universe, you know, Wednesday the 15th of June, and we'll find out the next matchups then, but there was nothing announced this week as far as the 2021 CCC. Tournament. Only one online tournament from this week. That was Monday night. The Monday night boss fights. Let me give you the results. There were 10 players, two groups of five, and the top two from each group advanced to the semifinals. In the semifinals, all of the matches were lumberjack matches with, as far as I can tell, no Stipulation in the finals, the top four here end up being tied for fourth place, i.e. both semifinalists, Matt Hass as the Masked Llama, and the Judge Tim Riley, the Deep Six Champion, as Highwalk. The finalists Monday night were John Pulverino as Candyman and Johnny Correa playing as the Devil's Advocate Dan Williams with the winner of Monday Night Boss Fights being Johnny Korea. Congratulations to him. Again, just great week overall for Johnny Korea and the Mott Boys. Looking forward to hearing from them. They were just incredibly enthusiastic all week at Origins. Really good show from the Mott Boys. It's hard to not say good things about the Mott Boys. A lot of other people had great moments. There were a lot of great entrances, walkouts. You know, Impact had a huge showing. There were multiple Impact members there. You know, and they won multiple championship matches. Even though John Pulverino didn't walk out as champion, he did have a successful defense of the Underworld Championship. Overall, Origins, great weekend. Last bit of news. This came in late today, shortly before I started recording. There was an event at AU Bluebell, the AU Bluebell Summerfest event. Eight players, the top four, Aaron Glidden, who went undefeated into the top four and picked the top four stipulation psycho rules, Amir Gaynor, 
JVD, and Mr. C. In the first semifinal match, Amir Gaynor, playing as King Pink, takes on Aaron Glidden as Jay White. In the second match, Mr. C, playing as Mr. C, takes on JVD, playing as Kenny Omega. The result of those matches sees Amir Gaynor go on to face Mr. C in a tables match final. And Amir Gaynor, the man behind the old skull and bones, wins the tournament as King Pink. He then goes on to face Aaron Glidden for the Alternate Universe's Blue Bell World Championship. Amir Gaynor, the challenger with King Pink. Aaron Glidden, the champion with Rara Perry. And the winner there, new champion, Amir Gaynor. Congratulations to him. There was also a match for the Play It Pure Underworld Championship that Alternate Universe's Blue Bell hosts. Simon Davner, the champion with El Super Ombre. Matt Vetter, the challenger, is off for Sabriza, square off. And Simon Davner successfully defends. Congratulations to him. That is all of the news that I have for this week. In closing, I just want to say to everybody there, I'm happy to have seen you all. I'm sorry for being annoying with all of my nonsense. I'll be better in the future, and I hope that I will see all of you again. I don't know if that's going to be Gen Con. I don't know if that will be in the future. But Origins Game Fair was a great time, and I'm looking forward to doing it again. With that being said, that's going to be it for this episode of the Outlaw Mudcast. I'd like to thank all of you for listening, and good day.